Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Thanks so much for joining us. We're in a new series called Divine Turning Points. There's moments in your life where you're faced with decisions and you can say yes to it or you can say no to it. And uh, it, it's, it's important. And, and we believe that life is full of these and following Jesus is no different. But before we jump right in, I want to ask you a couple of questions. The first one is this. Did you uh, start a New Year's resolution? Did you, did you make one this year? Because I know I did. Are you going to keep it? Because I know I probably won't. I mean, that's the reality that we live in. According to a 2016 study, of the 41% of Americans who make New Year's resolutions, by the end of the year, only 9% feel that they were successful in keeping it. 9%. I mean, it's really easy to make them, maybe easy to start them, but it's incredibly hard to keep them. I mean, if you're anything like me, this is what it kind of looks like. Hey, you know, I, I want to read more. So, so you find a book and you say, I'm going to read 10 pages a day for this entire, entire year. I'll, I'll end up reading, you know, maybe 10, 12 books. That's, a, that's incredible. I want to eat healthier. So I'm going to eat healthy food for this entire year. Or maybe I want to drink more water. I want to drink more water, drink a gallon of water every Day, But here's what happens to me, and I bet it happens to you. Everything's going great for, for a day or two, or maybe even a week, but at some point, we forget to read the 10 pages. We just forget. It slips our mind. And, and, and at some point, maybe a couple of days in, or, or a week in, or maybe two weeks in, you have a, a weak moment in the pantry, and you eat an entire sleeve of Oreos. I mean, it happens to the best of us. Or maybe you are leaving for work and you forgot to fill up your, your water bottle before you left the house. And now it's 2 p.m. and, and you've just had a bunch of coffee and, and no water. And, and your, your, your goals are kind of like, ah, I, I missed all of those this week. And, and then when that happens, it makes it easier for this to happen. Well, I'm really tired and I forgot to read yesterday. So I, maybe I just won't read today and I'll read extra tomorrow. I'll pick back up tomorrow. Or I ate this, the sleeve of Oreos yesterday um, and my friend invited me out to the Mexican restaurant with the good guac and the good queso. And so maybe I'll just pick up on Monday. Maybe I'll just pick up my diet on Monday. Or, you know, I know I was supposed to drink a gallon of water every day, but maybe that was just too big of a goal. Maybe I just need to, to bump it back down to 16 ounces. That can, that can be an amount I can handle. And then our, our goals become even more foggy and, and inconsistent until eventually in, in February or, or March, we completely give up on our goals. Now I'm going to share some things that I think about pretty much every December 31st, but, but definitely this one, this is what my mind says on December 31st about 9 PM. Oh snap. Tomorrow is the first and I have to have a resolution. What is it? Well, here's some thoughts. Uh, I want to, I want to work out five or six times a week. That's okay. I can do that. I want to drink more water and take my dog on a walk at least three or four times a week. I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to read more. I want to journal more. I want to stretch 
before bed, maybe 10 minutes of stretching before bed. I want to stretch when I wake up from bed. I, I, I want to spend 10 minutes when I wake up stretching. I want to uh, also get f- a full seven to eight hours of sleep at night. I want to declutter my house this year. I want to organize my house this year. I want to spend more time with my friends, spend more time with my spouse. I want to stop eating out so much and learn to cook better. Uh, I want to start taking more camping trips in my camper or glamping trips, if you want to call it that. I want to call my parents at least three times a week. I I, I want to go to the movies more. I want to go see uh, bands and go to concerts more. Oh yeah, and I gotta keep my house clean, do the laundry, grocery shop, help with the kids' homework, take them to and from practice in school, work a full-time job, and this does not include any hobbies. If you have hobbies and you're trying to do all this, good luck. You see the problem with these resolutions. I mean, no wonder we give up on these. I mean, it's happened to me so many times. And I think the problem isn't our intentions. And I don't really believe the problem is our motivation. I believe the problem is the mentality behind it all. You and I, when it comes to resolutions, we have an all or nothing mentality. We have an all or nothing mentality. We create these giant life altering goals that we promise that we're gonna keep and do every single day. And when we fail once, Or when we fail a couple times, we give up. You see, I have to read every single day or just let the book sit there. I have to eat healthy and clean every single day or eat like garbage. I have to drink a gallon of water every day or just stay dehydrated all the time. These are not things that we actually say or plan, but with this all or nothing mentality, this is what our resolutions and our goals and our plans actually look like. This is why gym memberships jump through the roof on January 1st, but you won't find half those people there on February 1st. It's all or nothing. Here's the problem. Resolutions are one thing, But in my opinion, to live your life with an all or nothing mentality can be dangerous. When we we get trapped in this all or nothing thinking, we're essentially saying to ourselves that perfection is the only good and acceptable outcome. Perfection, being perfect every day of the year is the only good outcome and the only acceptable outcome. And that's just not true. But, we, but that's what the all or nothing mentality says to us. If we only accept perfection, we're doomed to fail. We'll always have a negative self-perception because no matter how well things turn out, we'll never measure up to the perfection that we started on January 1st. I mean, we do this in, in, in parenting. You know, you see these, these amazing moms or dads on, on Instagram doing crafts and making homemade chicken nuggets. And, and you're microwaving frozen chicken nuggets while your kids are on their iPads. I mean, it's like an all or nothing. And maybe you're like, oh, I have to be an amazing mom or in my bed on my phone. Like there's no in between. We do this in our marriage. We do this in our jobs. We do this at school. And we do this in church. We do this in church. Maybe you, maybe you feel like church is just another list of resolutions that you have to stick to. I've got to be perfect at all these things or or not do them at all. I've got to do all of them 
or not do any of them. I mean, maybe, maybe you're thinking, all right, let's see. I want to get back in church, but I've got to come to church every week, okay? And then I've got to serve, and I've got to be a part of a small group or a crew. We call them crews here at Love Lake Norman. And I've got to tithe, and I've got to pray, and I have to read my Bible, and I want to invite my friends to this church, and I want to share my faith, and I want to know how to defend my faith. Now, I believe and we believe all those things are incredibly important, but they are not something that should fall under the category of all or nothing. But then there's things like this. You know, maybe I'm I'm going to church, I'm serving, I'm tithing. Maybe I should stop cursing. Maybe I should stop smoking and and stop stop drinking so much. Maybe I should dress more modestly. Maybe I should help people. Maybe I should be more kind and and, and more joyful and more loving and more patient and and stop being materialistic. And, And maybe I should be more selfless. And maybe I should stop flipping people off in, in traffic. Maybe I should be nicer in traffic. And, and maybe I should stop going 10 miles over the speed limit when I'm driving because technically that's illegal and I don't think that God wants me to break any laws. Maybe I should be careful on what I'm listening to. And, and maybe I should be careful on what I'm watching. And maybe I, I need to know how to respond to people when they ask me about really tough, hard topics. And maybe I should know how to vote that would honor what I believe. And, and maybe I should know all the books of the Bible. And maybe I should start memorizing scripture. And I should know all the prophets and disciples and apostles. And I should be able to explain revelation. And maybe I should get a, a Christian like Bible verse tattoo or something. And maybe I should, I, also I got to convince my spouse that all of this is worth doing and get them on board. And then I need to, to get my kids to understand this as well. I mean, I don't have to sit here and tell you that when you, when you look at it that way, it feels a little overwhelming. When you look at it that way, it feels like, yeah, it feels like my resolutions. It feels like, all right, let's jump all in or maybe we do none of it. Maybe we do none of it. When you think about it like that, like a resolution, it, it, feel, it feels like oh, I'm drowning a bit. And maybe you're someone who you felt like you couldn't be perfect. You, you couldn't be perfect, or you were just tired of pretending. I'm just tired of pretending I can do all this and, and be perfect. Or maybe someone straight up told you, hey, you're not doing this well, get out. And so that's why you left the church, or, or maybe you deconstructed because of that. Or maybe, just maybe, you actually stuck around. You stuck around the church because you're just... You're, you're, but you're at the same time exhausted from hitting all those marks. Well, I, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm going to try really hard to hit all these marks. And, I, and I'm not enjoying it, but I'm still here. And, and to think that Jesus wants that for us, that's hard for me to believe. And I think if we were to put that list up on a board against the life of Jesus, we would see him doing not all of them necessarily, but most of them. I don't think he would get a Bible verse tattoo, but maybe he would. But he never asked, listen to me, he never asked any of his followers to do all of those things perfectly overnight. Hey guys, it's December 31st. Tomorrow, don't forget, everything starts. You have to do them perfectly or get out. So I have, I have some good news and some bad news and some more good news. The first good news is this. The Bible has a lot to say about this topic. The bad news is the Bible 
says that we're very far from being perfect. We're very far from perfection. The other good news is the Bible gives us hope despite of our imperfections. I want to share a moment between Jesus and one of his closest followers and friends. One of his closest followers and friends. And this is one of the first interactions they had together. We find it in Luke chapter 5. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, these men would fish at night because the water was cool, and, and during the day they would, they would bring the boats back to shore. They would clean their nets and go home and get ready for the next night of fishing. So these guys including Simon or Simon Peter or Peter, uh, they were cleaning their nets and listening to Jesus speak. Well, Jesus wanted to change the scenery, so he hopped on to Peter's boat and started preaching from the edge of the shore. Verse 4 says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Simon Peter, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Let's go, let's go catch some fish. But Simon answered, Master, a sign of respect, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. I mean, Peter, Simon Peter was a fisherman and Jesus was the son of a carpenter. What do you know, Jesus, about fishing? You don't fish in the daytime because it's too warm and the fish go back down in the water plus, in the deep water, plus we were fishing last night and we caught nothing. So why would we catch anything right now? And this is where things change for Peter. And this is where things could change for you and I. This is, this is like the divine turning point for Peter. He had heard about Jesus, so he was informed about who he was. He'd heard about Jesus around town. He had listened to Jesus. And that, that morning he'd listened to Jesus and, and why he was speaking to him. So he was aware of his message. He had been face to face with Jesus so he could understand his character. But then he was faced with this moment, a fork in the road. He had a decision to make. This was his divine turning point. And this is what he says. Jesus says, let's go, let's go fishing. And, and Peter says, it's not the time to fish. You're not, we, we fished all night when you're supposed to fish and we call it nothing, why would we do this now? But he says this, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. The fork in the road, he could have said yes, he could have said no, he chose to say yes. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Verse six says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, not master. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. 
And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on shore, left everything and followed him. Peter, he could have thought about all the things to come and all the hardships and all, all the things that he would have had to leave behind and, and, and more and more like that list. He could have thought about that entire list. Well, if I follow Jesus, then I, I can't do this and I'll have to start this and I, I can't do that and, and I'll never be able to. But he didn't think about that. It wasn't like he was just living too much in the moment. Because if he'd, he'd have thought too far out, he would have thought, maybe I can't live up to this perfection. I can't live up, I can't be a follower of this man. He's too great. But, but what he did, but what he did is something that most of us do not do. He said yes, but he said yes to one thing. He just said yes to one thing. Not a million things, not the list that I mentioned before. He didn't say yes to all that. He said yes to one thing. I'm going to throw out my nets. I'll say yes to that. And then Jesus asked him a second question, and he said yes to that. He said yes to one thing, and then he said yes to another thing, and then he said yes to another thing. His entire life was a series of turning points as he followed Jesus. He didn't immediately start tithing and serving and being a part of a small group and stop cussing and stop smoking and, and, and have more patience and more joy and more peace. He didn't say yes to all those things. He didn't say yes to all those things. He just said yes to following Jesus. He followed. He said yes to following. I mean, you can, you can look in the Bible and, and, and Jesus never asked any of the people he asked to follow them to sign up for a million things. He, he never said, hey, if you stop these 10 things and start these eight things, then you can follow me. He just said, follow me. Because he knew, and this is something that I want you to know, Jesus knew if they follow me, the more time they spend with me, their lives will begin to change. Not from the outside in, not through behavior modification, but because their hearts would begin to change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That means if you say yes to Jesus, if you say yes to following Jesus, something supernatural has already happened to you, in you. Jesus has invaded your heart and he is going to start setting up shop. And as you spend more time learning about his life and his character, he is going to continue changing you from the inside out. Growing up, my dad used to say this to me. Um, he would say, if you lay with dogs, you'll get fleas. Now, it wasn't a literal thing. It meant like if you hang out with a bad crowd, you might get in trouble. You might pick up some bad habits. I don't know what the opposite of if you lay with dogs, you get fleas is. But the opposite happens when you begin to follow Jesus. He, he, he moves in to your life and he starts decorating. He starts redecorating things. Now, 
I, I'm not saying this will always just be like, you know, I don't have to do anything. No, you'll be offered next steps. He'll prompt you to take next steps. You'll see my next move, my next yes, my next decision. But it doesn't mean that you'll have to sign up to be perfect at everything right now. But by saying yes to Jesus, you're allowing him to start redecorating your life. And by following him, you will be faced with decisions. Yes, to be more patient. Yes, to stop flipping people off in traffic. Yes, to serving. Yes, to giving. Yes, to being a part of community. But it's not like a resolution where you have to start everything right now. And it either has to be all or nothing, perfection or nothing. Everything that you have, hitting the mark or nothing. Jesus says, follow me. And as you follow me, your life will change. I will change your heart. And because of that, sure, you'll become more patient, more joyful. You might even get a Christian Bible verse tattoo. So I want to talk to two groups of people in the room. I want to, I want to talk to you. If you consider yourself a Jesus follower, first off, I want to remind you that, that this is not like I have to be perfect at everything. I have to pretend to be perfect. I, I have to, 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 to do all my do's and don'ts and, and do this right and do this perfect. And if, and if I mess up today, then uh, maybe I'll just start back on, on Monday. I, w- I would just remind you, say yes to one step. Take another step in following Jesus. Now, if you wouldn't consider yourself a Jesus follower, first off, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here, and, and we want you to be comfortable and welcome, welcomed, whether you're watching a video from us or whether you come see us in person, because we, we feel that it's necessary that you have the space and the time to kick the tires and to figure things out. But I want to speak to you for one moment. Maybe for you, Christianity has felt like this. A list of do's and don'ts and things that I got to do. And I got to do them perfect. But it's not. It's not that. The gospel's message is not about behavior modification. The gospel's message is a message of Jesus and his incredible grace and his sacrifice for you. And he asks you to follow him as a response of his grace to you and his love for you to follow him. So today, would you consider, would you consider saying yes to Jesus for the very first time? You can go on our website and you can find a connection card. You can let us know because we would love to celebrate that with you and walk alongside of you as you follow Jesus for the first time. It's not about being perfect right now or January 1st or first thing Monday morning. It's about taking a step with and closer to the character of Jesus. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for everyone hearing my voice right now. I thank you for loving us so much that you would send your son That while we were at our most selfish and sinful moment, 
not deserving anything, you sent your son as a sacrifice so that we may have a connection to you. And, and as a response to that, God, I, I pray that we would, we would not feel like this is just a list of do's and don'ts, a list of rules, but that we would see it as a relationship. That, that a relationship, that, a real relationship that we can be a part of. That we can enjoy every single day. And, and God, I, I thank you for the fact that as we enjoy that relationship, our hearts begin to soften. Our hearts begin to change. We become more joyful, more peaceful. Things around us start to look different. We see people and things and situations and decisions differently. And so, God, I pray for the people listening to me right now that we, as, as we face these, these turning points, we wouldn't choose to, to, to be selfish. We wouldn't choose to be to do our own thing. We wouldn't choose all or nothing, but we would, we would choose you. We would, we would choose the path that you're on to continue in following you. I thank you for my friends. It's in your name we pray. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.